Hello and welcome to another edition of Off the Pit Wall, an American F1 podcast. My name is Dan Zaleski. Joined with me as always, my co-host, now in his new apartment, Hunter Conley. Hi, how you doing? Hunter, uh, how, how has the, how's the move been? You spent all day moving today and you still have the time and the energy to talk about some uh, some Grand Prix previews. Yeah, I was able to able to sit down for a second and just and be able to talk about one of my favorite races of the calendar year, the Australian Grand Prix. Yeah, the first time that uh, we're coming back to uh, Albert Park in Melbourne in uh, quite some time. The 2020 season literally uh, canceled hours before the first practice session uh, back in March of 2020. If you remember all the way back then, oh my God, what yeah, what sounds, an age ago! It feels like it was a millennia ago. And uh, not only are we coming back to Albert Park, but we're coming back to a brand new Albert Park. Uh, a couple of corners getting uh, re uh, what, what's the what's the term I'm looking for? Um, revamped? I don't know. No, not 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 revamped. Reprofiled. That's what it is. Reprofiled. All right. They're yeah. Getting, yeah, because they're they're adjusting. You know where the apex is. They're adjusting the smoothness of the turn. Overall, I think they 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 basically like they they basically came to this track and was like, cool, we're gonna. We're going to just take a big old piece of sandpaper and just smooth everything out. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they're going to work out for DRS zones. But, I mean, we're going to – obviously, we're going to see. Have you have you not seen the map that includes no, 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 the I DRS see, zones? I, I, no, I've seen the maps. I'm just saying I'm – I don't know. Four DRS zones seems like an awful lot to me. I don't know. It just – I don't know. I'm excited for it. Well, I think it's interesting mainly because – We've seen that the cars can follow each other a lot closer, which was something that the DRS zones were supposed to help, you know, uh, fix when they weren't able to closely follow each other. And now that they are able to follow each other closely, um, the DRS zones, you know, have been debatably on the chopping block, kind of. um, And they have produced some very interesting wheel to wheel racing, uh, you know, in the first two races of the season. So maybe they're just like, ah, the more the merrier. It's whatever. Maybe, but I mean the 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 part of the track where they added uh, the Dara zone. I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's a it's a part that could use it, I suppose. Um, but realistically, it's just it's. I don't know. In my head, I'm like four DRS zones. Jeez. Yeah, it does seem like a lot. It's basically it's the pit straight. It's the second pit straight because after turn two, it's kind of like an extension of the the original straight, just with a chicane in the middle, and then. The entire back end just feels like one kind of gradual curved straight, and that's where they put the other DRS zones. So um, I'm kind of getting some Monza vibes a little bit from the whole thing. You know, we got a lot of DRS zones. We got some chicanes to break them up, and that's the track. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's, – it's always been a quicker track, right? But um, it, it definitely – this is going to make it seem like it's going to really be about that raw speed, and that's a worry again for most likely for – the majority of the Mercedes Mercedes powered teams. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's not the track layout and the addition of an extra Dara zone doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're screwed, but it just, I don't know. It just, the way the season started so far, it seems like these Mercedes teams are going to be in trouble. Yeah. And maybe, well, here's the thing. Maybe the extra DRS zones actually might even help the Mercedes teams get a little bit closer. Like, can the argument be made there that, you know, potentially could go the other way? Or are we just completely counting out old Mercedes power this weekend? Well, I guess I guess because the DRS should help you, it could help them. But it also, at the same time, 
if they're the ones being attacked, really, really hurt them. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah. Well, with the return to Australia, we're also seeing the return of something that we haven't seen since the 2018 Russian Grand Prix Hunter, and that is three different tire compounds that are non-consecutive from Pirelli. Oh, okay, so, all right. So as you know, Hunter, Pirelli does the C1, C2, C3, C4, and C5, five yes. different compounds that they usually pick a three-compound swath out of, and that becomes the uh, soft, medium, and hard for the course. And for this track, they're bringing the C2, the C3, and the C5. All right. Okay. Which the C5 is the softest of all of the tires available. So we have uh, two middle of the road toughnesses and then the absolute softest of the soft, which I imagine is probably going to be very good uh, for the um, for the qualifying runs, but probably not used at all in the race if they could help it. Yeah, that's I, I figure they're doing that, I guess, to give everyone the best shot possible for qualifying. And then make the race hopefully as even as possible tire-wise. I mean, they always try to give the the safest tire in general uh, for each circuit because you don't want any blowouts or any any random mishaps. But uh, yeah, that's I've you yeah I'm okay cool. I, I didn't know about this, so this is this is actually an exciting little fact. Yeah, that's basically how the show works, right, Hunter? I just bring exciting facts, and you are the the raw real reaction. You are the perspective and the voice of America, Hunter. Wow, I am so honored. Yes, <laughs> the, the, I I have some follow up jokes, but we're gonna we're gonna avoid making it political. Um, but uh, one more thing that is coming into this race is that there will be a three place grid penalty for Alex Albon following uh, a collision he had with Lance Stroll during the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. So he's going to carry that into uh, this race for wherever he does qualify, which probably means that he's probably going to start on the. Uh, the final row of the grid at best. Um, well, I guess it's also at worst. I guess he can't go any lower than that. But, um, you know, either way, uh, a penalty for Alex Albon coming into this, uh, which is the Formula One Heineken Australian Grand Prix 2022. So, Hunter, let's do our usual. Let's break down team by team and talk about, uh, you know, what uh, could possibly come up this weekend in Australia. Obviously, we got to start at the top, and that is with the team currently in first, and that is Ferrari. Hunter, how badly does Ferrari need to maintain their streak of double podiums to keep Red Bull, like, well behind them? Uh, well, I don't know if they – it's not It's not like they desperately need to do it. Um, but I, I think for the momentum that they've built so far, it'll probably be kind of difficult for them to not score a double podium. Um, obviously, we're only three races in, but – They've clearly shown that both drivers have the 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 pace against the Red Bulls to at least break up the Red Bulls. Um, now Sergio seems like he's actually though figured out the car at least from last from last race, so it it'll be close. Uh, I, I really think that Ferrari most likely will get another double podium. Um, obviously, it won't be shocked if they don't because it's not like Red Bulls are, are some chumps, but. Uh, I don't think that Ferrari needs to desperately fight for a double podium to 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 you know keep their lead and everything and and keep the gap at the way it is. Um, I think that if they're just consistent like they have been started this season or they were all last year, I really think Ferrari has nothing really to worry about. 
Yeah, and speaking of Sergio, I guess we can kind of parlay this into, I mean, technically Mercedes is the next team to talk about, but I put Red Bull ahead of them because it's clearly a, a two-horse uh, race at this point, uh, or I guess a horse and a bull. Um, will Sergio redeem himself this weekend for what happened in Saudi Arabia with the bad luck? I sure hope so, because that wasn't his fault at all. He clearly was going to, at the bare minimum, get a podium, um, depending on safety cars and whatnot, uh, and restarts. You know, you, you never know what would have happened but um, if he would have held the lead. But it clearly was his race to lose, and, and he lost it on pure chance. So uh, I, I really think that he'll fight back this week and, and really do well. Um, and I hope, he, I, hope he, I hope he gets a little revenge win. I really hope so for him. I think it would be incredibly uh, uh, entertaining for the fight if Red Bull pulls off a 1-2 here because I think that would draw them not level with Ferrari, but it would make them really neck and neck uh, when it comes to the title fight. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Sergio Perez getting a, a redemption win here with Max just behind or or more likely – you know, Sergio probably comes in second with Max in first. If, you know, we were to have a one, two, um, that probably would be dictated by, you know, by, uh, uh, by Christian Horner to happen because, you know, it's obvious that Max is going to be the guy fighting for a potential second driver's championship. Um, you know, uh, that would make it, uh, very entertaining going down the stretch or going, uh, back to Imola in, uh, in Italy for the battle between the, these top two teams. Um, I do think that Sergio is going to have a bit of a better performance here. Um, it's certainly been a while since he's raced at this track, but that could be said for everybody. Um, you know, all the, all the veterans, uh, haven't been to Australia in a hot minute. So I'm sure they're uh, excited to be back. Speaking of coming back, uh, or speaking of veterans, I should say, uh, let's talk about Lewis Hamilton. Let's talk about Mercedes here. You seemed very pessimistic about any Mercedes powered car due to the, additional DRS zone on top of, you know, what would normally be expected for this track. Is there any hope for Mercedes to get in there with Ferrari and Red Bull this weekend? Because it's looking rough. I I don't think so at all this weekend. Now, this isn't a dig at Haas, um, but last race, a Haas passed the Mercedes on raw pace during the race. Uh, Kevin Magnussen drove past Lewis Hamilton just straight up race pace during the race. Uh, I, I I think it's going to be another rough weekend for Mercedes. Uh, I really hope that um, Lewis Hamilton does better at this track qualifying-wise than he did at the last one. Obviously, the last track is it's a very tricky course. Don't get me wrong. But um, I will be, I'll be shocked if, if they're as slow as they were last week. Um, but I still don't think they have, they'll have the pace to, to fight with Ferrari and Red Bull. Yeah, I would uh I would agree with that. Um Yeah, I mean well, here's the thing. It's still very early in the season. There's still a good chance that there's going to be a lot of improvements brought to uh the Mercedes uh car. So, I don't think it's entirely out of the question. I do think it's very interesting that George Russell is uh is comfortably ahead of Lewis Hamilton right now in points. I mean, we're only two races in, but it's already become a 6-point gap and if Lewis has another performance like he did uh, uh, last uh, race in Saudi Arabia, it's going to be very, very interesting, um, you know, for for Lewis's legacy 
that what could potentially be his final season here is mired in such mediocrity. Yeah, I, it's going to be a tough one. Now, obviously, uh, season isn't over. There's only been two races. Many, many, many things can happen. Uh, Mercedes could develop a car that's just good enough that Lewis can prove to the world that he's that he's still the best driver and and go out there and win the driver's championship. But uh, season's far, far, far from over. Um, oh, but, at this, but at this point uh, of the season, Mercedes looks like a sinking ship. Uh, hopefully, they they plug it up uh, and, and can and get back float. But yeah, it's it's not looking great right now. I think I remember seeing a fact that uh, oh, I'm trying to remember exactly the details. It's either fifth or sixth, um, the lowest ever finish that Lewis Hamilton's ever had in the uh, drivers' championship in his career. Um, and it would be fifth. So in all of his years of racing Formula One, the lowest he's ever been in the Drivers' Championship is fifth. That happened in 2009 and 2011 um, in the uh, struggling – well, I say struggling, but the uh, the the years with McLaren when Red Bull was absolutely dominating the sport. Um, and currently he is fifth, but he is ahead of Sergio Perez who – I mean, you know, it's pretty obvious to see the Red Bull is absolutely faster than the Mercedes this year. So that may not stay that way for long. So Lewis Hamilton might have his worst ever showing in the Drivers' Championship. Uh, you know, like I said, for what could be his final year, depending on, you know, where his head's where his head's at um, after this season. Because, like you said, it is a bit of a sinking ship for Mercedes. Um, leaving the top three here. And going down to the next team in the constructor standings, uh, we, we're going to go down to Alpine here. Obviously, it was absolutely entertaining to see Ocon and Alonso race wheel to wheel like they did uh, at Saudi Arabia. It was, you know, one of the one of the most um, cutthroat racing moments that we've seen, you know, in the past couple of years uh, and between teammates, no less. Do you think that Otmar Safnau... And the Alpine team need to be more careful about the two of them racing wheel to wheel and pushing each other. Do you think they should have more team orders? No, I think that uh, they the drivers need to prove which one needs to be in front. Right? Nobody likes when when the driver who's in second team wise goes, "I'm faster, let me through," and then the the team boss goes, "Hey, let him through. If he's slower, we'll, we'll put him back." And then you know what I mean? Like that's that's not fun. That's not fun to watch. We're at the beginning of the season. Let them fight. Uh, if they wreck, obviously, then, yeah, team orders are going to have to start becoming more prevalent for that team. But right now, they're, they're not wrecking, and they're putting on an amazing show. They're proving that the, the regulations are working. Um, if anything, I, I think more battling. The, the, the FIA will probably love to see it, uh, just as, so they can pat themselves on the back and go, oh, we, we designed a good aero package. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, error rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, I don't think team orders are at all necessary yet. Obviously, we get down the last, let's say, three, four, five races, whatever it is, and they're fighting for a certain spot in the constructors, or one of the drivers is 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 magically fighting for a, a championship. You know what I mean? Then, then yeah, obviously team orders are going to be a must. But it's early in the season. Let the drivers race. Fair enough. Uh, do you think that that little you know the fighting in Saudi Arabia? contributed to Fernando Alonso's power unit giving out? Do you think it was unnecessary stress? 
uh, I don't know. They were racing in a hot place in a hot track. Um, it's a it's a street circuit, so it's going to be hotter than a normal track, anyways. Just because there's no air getting in there at all, right? Uh, tight walls. You got to think of it as if you're playing in an arena versus an open field. Um, so it, it's just simply a hotter track in general. And also, he wasn't the only one that had any sort of problems. So uh, I just think it's it's a new car. It's a new era. Um, they're still figuring out the best way to cool everything off, the best way to engineer everything. So I, I don't think the racing itself was to blame. I think it just was, unfortunately, one of those misfortunes. Now, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording and everything. Obviously, uh, not coming to Australia for a couple of years, it's going to be new to a couple of people. Mick Schumacher being one of them. Uh, what do you think about Mick's chances to score points this weekend, especially coming off of uh, a, a terrible showing and an unfortunate accident um, in Saudi Arabia? I'm not going to lie. I kind of spaced out for a second and went, why on earth are we already talking about Haas? I kind of completely forgot <laughs> that. Like I it was like, I was like, why? What are we doing? I kind of completely forgot that Haas is in fifth place right now with the constructors. Uh, no, I, I think Mick will be fine. Um, He's a really good driver, and I, I think that he's going to prove that. Uh, a shower thought I had the other day was Mick Schumacher is to Ferrari what George Russell is to Mercedes. Um, well, yeah. And so, <laughs> well, I know, but like, I don't know because in my head I was like, I was like, oh well, like Mick won't stay at Haas forever, I guess. And then I was like, you know, thinking about George and everything. So yeah, uh, obviously that's a very duh statement, but I'm just saying. You know, um, so I, I have confidence in him is what I'm trying to say. I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be able to bounce back. Um, and I think this will be the track he finally scores some points at. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because, of course, it's a track that he has no experience at. And you you and I debate all the time how much that matters. Um, but, yeah, I mean, coming off of that crash and everything, having, you know, a car that's capable of scoring points. We've seen that with K-Mag the past two races. Um but Mick got a little unlucky in, in the first race of the season, uh, very unlucky in the second race of the season um, with a, you know, just a, not not a major mistake, but a mistake enough um, to cost him the ability to even be in the race. I think it would but be think about uh, how sweet yeah. this will be now. Oh, well, yeah, that's, what, that's how... what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it would be very well deserved. And Hunter, to add to your add to your semi obvious shower thought, you do realize that like that. uh Sebastian Vettel is to Mick Schumacher what Michael Schumacher was to Sebastian Vettel. You realize that relationship too, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I know about that. But I just, I just meant that it's like, uh, I don't know. Another just random quick shower thought I had was uh, at this stage in in uh, Formula One, it's pretty much a spec series, except you design your own aero kit. Because everybody's either running a Ferrari or a Mercedes, and then obviously you have Renault, but I mean, they're not... I mean, well, okay, never mind. Take that. I guess, that. I guess no, they're no, doing no. well. The Renault is doing yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say, the Renault's not... But then I was like, oh, actually, this year it's doing fine. And, and then, then I forgot. And then Honda is... Well, it's not Honda, but it's Red Bull. It's whatever. Never mind. Forget forget I said anything. Oh, boy, Hunter. Uh, I, I couldn't... I understand why you're not going to stay up late to watch uh, the watch the race live <laughs> this weekend because you're going to be delirious the next day. Exactly. Also, I, need what to, do you, I need my sleep. Also, well, why not? Why not stay up? What do you, you got a you got a job that's a nine to five, right? You got a you got a weekday job. 
it's not a nine to five. It's a it's a seven to whenever it's done. Well, true, but it's not on Sundays unless I'm racing. Well, I get yeah, but you 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 aren't. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not racing this weekend. I I joined I joined my team too late, so I can't I can't go on the trip. They they didn't purchase you the tickets. The, the logistics. No. Hunter Hunter, no. leave it leave it to you to throw off the entire logistics of an of an actual you know IndyCar team. Yeah, exactly. Whoops. Oh well. Uh yeah. Either way. Um, yeah, but I, I do think it'd be cool if uh, Mick scores some points this weekend. He's he's going to, okay? It's like last year with, uh, speaking of George Russell, last year with George Russell getting into Q3. It was going to happen. We all knew exactly. it was going to happen. We, it exactly. was just like, when? When is it going to happen? And for Mick Schumacher, this weekend could be the weekend where he scores points, or, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, we will see. Uh, it would be, you know, it would be... Uh, yeah, it'd be something. Either way, moving on. Alfa Romeo uh, didn't get a points finish in Saudi Arabia between an overheating engine for Valtteri Bottas and uh, Joe being a combination of off the pace and messing up penalties. Um, it just didn't work out for the team. But they are still very much in the hunt in the midfield. Uh, so do you think a double points finish is realistic for Alfa Romeo this weekend? Uh, I think Valtteri, assuming uh, no mechanical or electronical or anything error goes wrong, yes, he totally is scoring points. Um, Joe only scored points in the first race because you had three cars ahead of him uh, fall out. So, um, obviously, if there's accidents or whatnot or people retire, yeah, he could totally get some points. He's he's going to be quick enough to to be able to capitalize off things like that. But um, I don't know. Uh, I need to see. I need to see him because obviously, like you said, uh, last race uh, he had some penalties and some just some other little things, you know. So and plus, that's a tough track. Um, this is a more traditional-ish kind of track. So we'll see. We're, we're going to see if if he really has the stuff or not. Uh, and and hopefully, if all twenty cars finish the race, we'll get a true test of where he is going to line up when the when the checkered flag flies. Okay. Okay. I mean, i I think it's I think it's unrealistic to expect a double points finish because because oh, of everything you said with Joe. Um, yeah. I mean, he did score points in his first debut, but that was, you know, that was with a lot of help and everything. And I mean, I don't think I don't think it's fair, nor is it necessary to put pressure on him like that. Um, you know, considering that, like, I mean. Yes, the Alfa Romeo is in the midst of a of a multi-way fight for what could potentially ultimately be fourth place. Um, you know, I, I think I think that is something to obviously be aware of. But again, I don't think that there should be a lot of pressure on Joe to perform necessarily. Um, you know, he, he is very much a rookie. And if I was Alfa Romeo, even with them having a competitive car... I would look at it very much as a similar situation to Alpha Tauri last year, where it's okay, they're fighting for fifth. Fifth is a possibility, but you know, you're going to get limited results out of your rookie. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's perfectly fair. And then also it just, it, it helps it for the, 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 for the longevity of his career. If you don't try to burn him out immediately, you know? Oh, of course, of course. Um, and, and speaking of Alpha Tauri Hunter, uh, just to smoothly slide into the next team on the list, 
Um, who do you think is going to have a better Australian Grand Prix? Is it going to be Pierre or is it going to be Yuki? I would assume Pierre, but we, we have seen that Yuki has random moments of just raw pace. So it's it's hard to say, especially since um, it's – yes, Pierre has raced at this track before. Oh, yeah, of course, uh, yes. Y- Yuki is but, not. Yuki is not. Now, of course, obviously, it's a slightly different track, and so we already talked about that. But And it's been uh, years now since – F1's been there, but um, regardless, I, I think that we should expect Pierre to outperform Yuki, but I won't be shocked if you know what, I'll word it this way. I would expect Pierre to outqualify Yuki. I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if Yuki were to outperform Pierre in the race. Interesting. Okay, I, I see where you're going with this because Pierre has consistently shown that he qualifies really well, but his race pace is very to be desired. Yeah, it's hit or miss sometimes. It's 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 either he has it all or he just I don't know. So and then it's also it comes a question of how's that car set up before Park Fermi. You know what I mean? Are they giving him everything possible for a qualifying run only, and then not much of a race pace? You know, so there's all those sort of questions as well. But yeah, that's that's exactly why I bring it up. It's simply because we've seen Pierre can be a hot shoe on qualifying, but then, you know, we don't know how the Sunday's going to go. Versus Yuki sometimes doesn't qualify the best, but seems to make it up during the race. Yeah, I mean, heck, look at Saudi Arabia. He didn't even set a qualifying time because of um, a mistake that he made, which goes back to his rookie season. He was making mistakes in qualifying, um, you know, just pushing the car just a little bit too far uh, and, you know, losing out on, you know, time and crashing in several occasions. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see right now. I don't think you would have guessed it, but they are currently tied. Both both uh, drivers have four points. Oh, so very nice. It is uh, perfectly even for Alpha Tauri. So uh, I, I would also have to lean Pierre. I mean, it just comes down to. Pierre being a bit more consistent, um, even if he's not as good in the race with the race pace, uh, consistently a solid qualifier and, you know, uh, consistently, consistently makes fewer mistakes. Let's say that compared fair, to you. Fair. Yeah, so, that's fair. Moving on to McLaren. This is the return to Australia for Daniel Ricardo. Last time we were here, um, he didn't even race for this team. How massive and how important is a points finish for Daniel Ricardo this weekend? I think it's very, very important. I think the last time we were here, Daniel Ricardo um, didn't even complete lap one. I think his front wing got rip, ripped off. If I can remember correctly. That was I, that was the time that he ran into the grass on the opening. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he. I think that was the last time we were here. He well, it, the last time we were here, he didn't retire after one lap, but he did retire after twenty eight laps. Yeah. Due to damage from an accident. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I would love to see him score points. Um, I, it seems like he, he, I think it'll, I think if he can score points here and score good points, not just 10th, you know what I mean? Like actually get more than two points, more than, you know, I think that might really set him up for the rest of the season and we might get to see the Daniel Ricardo that we've all been expecting to see. Um, I know, obviously, you know, the car, he didn't get to de- – well, last year's car, he didn't get to help develop it at all. He just jumped in the seat, you know? This year's car, I, w- I would hope he got some say in it. So 
you know, maybe once he got some seat time now after two races, Lando's got some seat time. Um, hopefully they fixed any gremlins and, and came up with some, some updates and, and they actually have a car now that can fight a little bit in the midfield. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'd be very important for Daniel Ricardo to score some points, not just because it's his home race, but simply to, to set himself up and have good momentum for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. And I'd have to apologize a little bit, uh, looking back at, uh, like statements about McLaren, uh, last week, uh, I think I was a little harsh on them. Um, so, you know, I definitely think that, uh, a, a finish for Ricardo, like Lando did in Saudi Arabia would be, uh, phenomenal for, for the team, uh, to get them back to a good pace, a point scoring pace. Um, it would just be it would just be great. So I agree. Um, also to note that the last time we were here, Hunter, um, you, you know, you mentioned Daniel Ricardo not even finishing the race. Uh, you know what did happen? What happened? Uh, K Mag finished sixth in a Haas. Oh, so wow. uh, yeah, that's phenomenal. I mean, Valtteri Bottas also won the last time we were here, and I don't think that's yes, going to happen. Cool. So uh, yeah, you, you know, never know. Glean glean from it what you will in this yep. case. Um. So, moving on to Aston Martin, the main point here is that Sebastian is finally back in the seat. He is clear of COVID. We are A-OK. Um, what, I mean, what are we thinking about Sebastian Vettel's potential performances? Do you think he is going to be noticeably better than Nico and Lance, you know, in the, the prior two races? Or do you think that he's going to be kind of just around where you know, where Aston Martin was during the first two races of the season, you know, 12th, 13th, um, you know, 17th, if they have to retire. I would like to think that he could be clearly better than, than Nico was, but at the same time, Nico was better than Lance. And, and again, in theory, Lance and Sebastian should have had a lot of input into how this car was developed. So the fact that just some random dude, hop, well, he's not a random dude, but you know what I mean? The fact that the guy that had no input just hopped in the car and outperformed a guy who the car should have been developed for says a lot. So I would really assume Vettel is going to at least do better than Lance. Um, we're going to have to see. We can we can do just qualifying. Um, we can do the average pace difference, that uh, time difference, you know what I mean, uh, that Nico was to Lance in the first two races. And if... Just based off qualifying, if if Sebastian has a bigger gap than Nico, then yeah, it's, he's you know he he's doing better. But um, it's definitely going to be interesting because he, he's missed two weeks, so I would assume he got to hopefully still work out a little bit and everything, so he won't be like like K Mag was necessarily, where he just kind of hopped in a car and and you know had to had to just have the body just go okay, it's it's we're doing this. Uh, so I I. I think Sebastian Vettel should be faster than both Nico was compared to Lance and also just straight up faster than Lance. In a related note, Hunter, how did you feel about Formula One's uh, um, I, I don't know if it was Formula One officially, but I know it circulated a lot through the Formula One community. The uh, April Fool's joke that Sebastian Vettel announces retirement. I honestly didn't even see that. So if I did really? see that, I would Excuse me, he can't just quit. What? I mean, to be to be fair, I I saw it. Um, basically, you know, just Sebastian Vettel announces retirement at at, at the end of the season. Um, yeah. I, I I realized it was an April Fool's joke, which is the only reason I didn't throw it in our 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 mutual group chat with our additional yeah. Formula One friends. Um, yeah. I, I'm surprised you did not see it. It was 
Twitter Twitter took a, a a big hold of that thing. No, I I I man, I've been working. I I don't know what else to say. I've, I've been, been working, working. Okay, I've been working, sleeping, and moving. That's pretty much pretty much all I've been doing. I'm 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 sure there's probably a a a, a funny um, Pine Barrens, New Jersey saying that your dad probably would describe <laughs> that. Just like you know, he's been uh, he, you've been uh, you've been working, sleeping, and drinking petroleum or something, or you know whatever. Drinking petroleum? Yep, I'm drinking, I'm drinking race gas. Race. <laughs> exactly. I wake up, I wake up every morning. And uh, take a take a nice swig of race gas to get my day started. <laughs> Just living on rocket fuel. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! All right. Well, you know, hopefully Sebastian Vettel can do a little bit better than uh, what Aston Martin has been doing so far. Get a little bit more pace out of it. That'd be nice. But to be fair, it's going to be his first race. It could also be very rusty. That could be the case too. So uh, it could really go either way. I definitely uh, think that. Um, if anyone's going to get more pace out of this car and overperform, it's going to be Seb because just look at last season. Last season, the car wasn't that great, and Seb got the most out of it uh, compared to Lance. So, you know, I don't expect that to change uh, coming into these new regulations. And finally, let's talk about the team at the back of the grid, Williams. Um, Hunter, between Nicholas Latifi and Alex Albon, uh, the William drivers have raced on this track a combined one time before this. Wow. And that was Alex Albon's rookie season when he raced in a uh, Alpha Tauri, or at that time, a Toro Rosso. Um, yeah, wow. At this track. Uh, Nicholas has never been to this track, and Albon's raced at it once three years ago and has even been out of the sport for a year since he's been here. Um, how is this going to affect Williams uh, during the course of this weekend? And, I mean, will they at least be competitive against Aston Martin? I really don't know if they'll be competitive against Aston Martin. I'm going to hope so for their sake. Uh, I know the public perception of Nicholas Latifi, Latifi is just going down and down and down. Uh, I saw a post the other day where it was like, here's seven reasons why Nicholas Latifi shouldn't be in the sport anymore. I'm like, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Are you telling me that there's Watch Mojo videos yeah, about was, why Nicholas Latifi yeah, exactly. should not be in the sport? Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, so I'm putting all my eggs in, in the Alex Albon basket. Um, I I think that they both should be able to qualify, potentially out-qualify the Aston Martins. It's just race pace, it gets it gets iffy. Well, I mean, it gets iffy with Nicholas, where is he going to hit a wall? And then with Alex, it's just you, you never really know. Some days he's really fast, he's really consistent, he's doing really well. And other days, he looks like he doesn't know what an F1 car even is. So I I really don't know what to say for, for Williams. I, I love Williams. I, I want to see them do well. I'm very upset that they're doing as poorly as they are right now. But again, it's only the third race. Big changes could happen. We could see some momentum swings. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see on this one. I, I really don't know what to say to them because preseason testing – and just their raw pace in general seems like it should be quick enough to at least be fighting with other teams and potentially be scoring points. But, but for some reason, they just can't seem to do it. But do you think the lack of experience here at this track is going to affect Williams a lot or maybe not at all? Um, well, 
every team is going to be a little rusty. It's it's been quite some time. So I, I'm going to say for their sake, no, it won't hurt them too terribly. Uh, obviously, lack of experience versus veteran teams will or veteran drivers will always be a downfall. But I'm going to be positive for them and say no, it won't be too bad. They'll 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 do much better than they have the first two races. Okay. I mean, fair enough. I know that you are usually one to say that it doesn't matter if the driver has direct experience on the track because nowadays, but with, with Sims and everything else, um, it should not be as big an impact as it has been in, you know, uh, generations yeah. past. Yeah, exactly. Because obviously you're a professional driver. You know what the G-forces are going to feel like around certain types of turns. You know you know what the car feels like in theory. The, the sim really just helps with the track layout and knowing your turns and knowing when to pick up the throttle, when to, you know, all those sort of things. So I think if they're in the sim enough, um, they should be fine. But you never know. We're just going to have to see on this one. Um, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side on the positive side for once and say, Hopefully, you know, they do well. Uh, yeah, we, we will obviously see the race this weekend in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, we do have a piece of uh, mailbag uh, questions to get to, I should say. Wow, uh, awesome. But, but before that, Hunter, is there anything else you want to say about this upcoming uh, race this weekend in Melbourne uh, as we return to the... Oh, I'm looking at the wrong page. Uh, as we return to the Formula One Heineken Australian Grand Prix 2022. Uh, no, not really. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching a race in Melbourne and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's been a long time. I, I love this track, so I'm excited. Yeah. Now moving on to our mailbag, uh, for those of you who don't know, you can send us any questions, comments, discussion, anything you want to talk about on the show to our mailbag off the pit wall at gmail.com. This question, uh, or, or really a request for comment, if you will. Okay. All uh, right. comes from Steve in Florida. And he wants to know what our thoughts are about the 2023 Las Vegas Grand Prix. Wow. All right. Well, first of all, thank you so much for writing this. I have a smile on my face. This is like the second time we've ever, we've ever got one of these. So I'm ecstatic right now. Um, you know, at first, uh, Dan, you sent me a, a a proposed track layout, and I went, oh, that looks horrible. It, it did uh, look horrible. The, the square, then, the trapezoid. Yeah. It was, yeah. And then you made your own, which was quite funny. Uh, and then and then they released the real one. And I went, actually, you know what? That's not the worst thing ever. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm not going to go to the race. Um, but I think it should be a really cool spectacle. I think, um, you know, under the lights, everything on the strip with all the, the casinos and the fountains and everything. Like, I think it's going to look really cool. Uh, hopefully, it, it's a good race. Um, the backdrop's going to be awesome. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a warm you know, hot track kind of race. So it's, it's going to be um, really interesting to see. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be very curious of how tight the track will be um, and just just get to see how just flowing it is. Um, I, I, hope it's a, I hope it's a good track. You know, the, the design is what it is. I mean, we're not going to be able to change it. We're just two jabronis that talk on, on, the, on the internet. But, you know, so... I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to, to watch it with everyone and just, you know, get to get to talk about it afterwards. Yeah. And honestly, I I mean, OK, so the track that I made for it, it was a lot more intricate. It had like an overpass and an underpass, um, you know, like a like a bridge, you know, kind of like uh, we see in Suzuka. Um, 
And I, I gleaned from the fact that I literally was I, I, I took a break in that was in Vegas, you know, uh, not even four months ago or, or a little over uh, a little over five months ago, actually. Um, so because of that, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm very familiar with, like, you know, some of these places they're talking about racing through. Um, in fact, like literally, you know, uh, obviously it goes down the strip and everything. And then it also airs to the side of where, like, my hotel that I stayed at was. So I'm like, OK, I see literally exactly where this track is going to be. Um, I thought my design was kind of cool. It was in the shape of a horse accidentally, um, <laughs> which I don't know if that gives Ferrari extra power or not. You know, the, the you know, whether the Ferrari gods come down and grace the track or whatever. But either way, um it was better than the initial one, the initial, the initial proposed design that came out. Cause that was just garbage. Um, but I, I, we will have to see, it will be an interesting spectacle. It will be, it will be a good event kind of like Monaco. Will it be a good race? That's left to be determined because it could very much end up like Monaco where it's just like Monaco is like slow through a bunch of technical stuff and there's no passing. This could just be like endless like speed like Monza, but with potentially very little passing depending on how the DRS zones work and how some of these uh, hairpins that people are flying into work. So it will be left to be determined. Um, I'm kind of excited for it. I think it's an interesting spectacle, Hunter. I, I don't like how quickly you shot down the prospect of us going to this race. Well, because I'm assuming I'll be working or something. You know what I mean? I can't just, you know, so uh, if I could go, I would love to go. But it's probably also going to be a couple thousand dollars to go. So uh. I I spent I spent uh, what was it? I spent like four days like I spent four days, three nights in Vegas. And I think it cost me like 500 bucks total. Now, I yeah, but that was on a, that was on a random weekend, though, you know? That wasn't during, you know how hotels work. That's during a specific week. They're going to jack up those prices. Oh, my God. Okay, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me, let me, okay, let me go and look up. Um, okay, I'm currently looking up the hotel that I stayed at. Okay, now I did have a, I did have a discount at this hotel because a friend of mine works for the overall company that owns all of this. Um, but let me see what the weekend is expense wise up oh, we cannot book that far out never mind okay this entire idea was shot down um, <laughs> you can't even book for that point yet so you know uh it, it might you might be able to get it cheap if you could find like the one place that allow you to book it this far out i guess so potentially who knows um it will it, let, let's say this okay this isn't the first time that formula one has raced in las vegas but this is going to be far better than the caesar palace gps where it was just essentially donuts in a parking lot so yeah, this will actually be a very interesting race yeah following up that a little bit i know this wasn't part of steve's question but hunter what do you feel about the prospect of 30 races in a season too much it's too much there's too much that's it just just too much that's 30 that's 30 weeks there's only 52 weeks in a year that's only 22 off weeks that's not a, that's not a long enough off season to develop a whole new car and to to you know get and then also it just becomes you eat chocolate cake every day you learn to hate chocolate cake you have chocolate cake once a, once a week yeah, yeah it's pretty good you have chocolate cake once a month hey it's really good you have chocolate cake once every three months hey this is the best thing ever you know so 
it's it's overabundance. I, I get everybody wants highlight reels. This is a whole different debacle about sports in general, where everybody wants a home run and everything. Now you can't have a home run every single time, or else it's not a home run anymore. It's not it's not fun. So no, I don't want thirty races. I know I sound like a grumpy old man right now. Go back to eighteen or whatever it was. Make it more valuable because not every race really matters. You have 30 races. You probably have five drop races and still win a championship. You have only 18, 20 races. You miss two races. You're probably not being champion. You know, so it's it's it just it's it's stats. It's statistics. I sound like a crazy old loon, but it's whatever. It's what I believe. Well, if you want this crazy old loon of Hunter to have a smile on his face by sending in some fan mail off the pit wall at gmail.com, send in any question, comment, discussion, literally anything. You could you could ask Hunter what his favorite flavor of ice cream is, and I will ask him this on the show because yeah, because well. you asked, yeah, and why not? Because because you asked, and why not? That that's the, that's the theme of the show. Well, the, the, honestly, the theme of the show is you didn't ask, but we're going to tell you anyways, and why not? But that will uh, that'll wrap up our little preview here of the 2022 Australian Grand Prix and a little bit of insight into our thoughts about the 2023 Las Vegas Grand Prix, which will be uh, following. Uh, the Thanksgiving weekend in or the back end, really, of next year's season. Either way, we appreciate you guys for listening. We'll see you next week when we wrap up and grade the teams after the Australian Grand Prix. Until next time, my name is Dan Zaleski. And I'm Hunter Connolly. And you've been listening to Off the Pit Wall, an American F1 podcast. Off the Pit Wall is produced by Dan Zaleski with Kalen Wolfskill and Hunter Conley. Theme music by Carson Bispels. Edited by Kyle Kratzer. A Ruby Media Production.